Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Oh man, here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying coworker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. KCJJ Weather, brought to you by Plum Supply. Plum Supply, kitchens and baths, your home never looks so beautiful. Hawkfanatic.com brought to you by Patrick Eads and his staff on Mormon Trek at Deary Brothers Ford Lincoln. Steve Anderson, who uh, fell down at stairs and just got, he's all bruised up. Put pictures on. Did he fall or did he get pushed? (laughs) No, I think he fell. Okay, just just double checking. Hope you're doing well, Steve. Are you sure? Steve Anderson, Hawkeye Title and Settlement, Valvo Brothers Pizza. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for cars. GT Car and his crew at Suple's Siding and Remodeling. Suple's Flowers, home of 1-800-800-ROWS. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, 101 South Dubuque Street, downtown Iowa City. Premier Automotive in North Liberty. The Oxyoke Inn in the Amanas. Players Sports Bar and Grill, downtown Iowa City. And Dr. Lance Forbes, Diamond Dental in Cedar Rapids. Tom Suter's here along with Pat Hardy from hawkfanatic.com. We are both here and Captain Steve capably running the sure. ship here. Sure I am. Sure. With, sure. I don't know, 70 years of experience, how many? Yeah, 80, 90, <laughs> who knows. It's all a blur. It really is. It is for me right now, it literally is because I don't have my glasses on. Yeah. I think you're drinking a, probably a Diet Coke, aren't mm-hmm. you? Taking a swig, I can see that. Are you sure it's not an ultra, Michelob Ultra? <sighs> Refreshing. <laughs> well, let's talk to Karn. Okay, let's. Hello. Hello. Hey. Does anybody know if that game's going to be on today? Uh, what game? What, what game? The baseball game with Grandview. Grandview, um, it, uh, according to my list, it says 4 o'clock, but I don't know for sure. Have so they, you don't know if they still have it or if it's been canceled? Jim, they haven't canceled it yet, have they? They haven't announced anything. Not that we know of, huh? No. Okay. So they may start, and then, and then you'll get rained out. Oh, they may? Or they may not start at all? Yeah. Or, it may or get they played. may get play. snowed out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they, they won't get snowed out. Not, we will get some snow overnight, supposedly. But so, Okay, now how far do you think these um, cyclones are going to go, both men and women? 
Oh boy, no idea. I don't. I think the well, the band play who Miami of Florida. Miami of Florida. That's a tough one for them. And the women play that Creighton team. Yeah, I, I imagine Iowa State will win that. I would think so, but you never know. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. You see any more upsets? There are always upsets. I haven't, I haven't looked at it. Close I, I can't pick them. I mean, I, I'm not. I've never been good at picking upsets. I guess it just depends on what team arrives. It sure does. Yeah. It sure does. Okie doke. Well, yeah. I got to go to church. Any of you need any prayers? Well, yeah. Actually, I do. Many. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> got okay. a fa- I got a family <laughs> member that uh, could use your prayers. So. All right. All right. Okay. We'll see you. Thanks, Bye. Karen. So who knows? I mean, most people didn't have, uh, in fact, basically no one had the Iowa State men making the Sweet 16, and virtually everybody had the Iowa State women making the Sweet yeah. 16. For the so, most part. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, Chuck Long will be here uh, on the phone uh, at 9.30 this morning. Yes, 9.30. I, uh, yeah. We're going to have Chuck on. I figure with spring football starting today, we have Kirk today at 3. Good timing, yeah. Um. I think it's good timing, and Chuck did say he'll talk a little bit about his thoughts on the the changes with the quarterback coaching and what have you, because they're pretty significant. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about it 40 years ago today, or 40 years ago this spring, this month is when Chuck started the fall of 82. Wow. That's when he started, God. it's when he took over, as, he won the job, and kept it for, well, as we know, four incredible years. But think about it, 40 years ago this spring, this month. Jesus. Mm. He had played, you know, he was a, he was on the 81 team as a true freshman, and then he went into that 82 season, won the job in the spring. That's when Hayden predicted he would be a star, and I was just thinking about that. That's, that's, isn't that right, 82? That's 40 yeah, years ago, right? it's 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. I remember because I uh, said I was going to retire in, in 83. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it is um, amazing to think it's been that long. I mean, it really is. I was, I was in high school. What were you doing in '82? This, well, I. Were you are, you I, were, you weren't here, but were you? Where were you, Muscatine? Yeah. You, and well, I was at and I and Des Moines. Okay, uh, and you were just getting and, your band started, right? Yeah, our band had was just starting to play out in '82. Our rehearsal started in fall of '81. Yeah, I was at uh, KJJY in Des Moines in '82 and Camp Image. How about that? 40 years ago. Jesus. Jesus. I was a senior at Dowling. Yeah. And still happening, Pat. Yeah. Yeah, still happening. God, that is amazing, though, 40 years. But, no, it'll be interesting. We haven't had Chuck on for a while, and um, just be interesting to get his thoughts on what's what's going on with the quarterback situation. And it'll be interesting to talk to Kirk today. I mean, because I know it's been brought up when Brian got the promotion in 17 he was asked about coaching quarterbacks, and he said, God, I could never begin. I don't have any experience. My guess is Kirk's going to say today that Brian has evolved. We all evolve. He's been around Ken, Greg Davis. He's been around enough quarterback-minded people to where now they feel comfortable in handing him the reins. Don't you? That's about the only, yes. that's about the only thing Kirk can say. I mean, it's not, well, he's my son, and he's not ready, but he's my son, so I'm giving him the job. <laughs> and if you don't like it, <laughs> I mean, he can't do that. No, and I, I – I don't know that he's thinking that either. I mean, no, I'm, I'm, yeah. get, I'm sure there's some doubt in Kirk. There has to be. Well, there's with how poor yeah. the offense has been under Brian. Yeah, but it wasn't very good under Greg Davis either. 
I mean, other than no, one year, I mean, it was even, good enough to go twelve and zero. And it was there were some bad moments during that twelve and zero season. That, Remember Wisconsin? Right. What they have seventy seven yards? Yes, they were not an explosive. Oh, offense. I was there. Yeah, they were a good <laughs> offense in fifteen, but they were not dynamic by any means. Well, the, the problem. Go ahead. That the year that they handed out the uh, red and white pom poms. Uh, no, I think that was longer ago. I think. I could be wrong. Um, the red and white pom poms. I think weren't that wasn't that 2010 when they made they kicked the they did the fake punt. The fake punt. I think so. Okay. I think that was yeah. the same thing. Because I remember walking because in. Because that year, 2015, we played in Wisconsin. Yes, because okay. I remember walking in there. I'm like, oh, um, wow, look at all the Wisconsin fans. That was my <laughs> first thought. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> and apparently I wasn't alone. So, you know, I was just thinking about this this morning. I haven't been thinking about football at all since January. But our offense or our defense is usually top 25 nationally and – from time to time, in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Our special teams are salty at worst and generally uh, well above average. Is that fair? For the most part. And our offense is abysmal. Um, I'm Yeah, I mean, some will say abysmal is too strong, but the stats, I mean, when you're near the bottom in most categories, that's abysmal. That's abysmal. And that's why I, I think, the move with Brian is being scrutinized by a lot of people, and you have to have doubt. I'm sure Kirk has doubt. So, but he's not going to go out there today and lead on like he has doubt. It's his son, right. and it's his, he would he wouldn't do that with any coordinator, whether it's his son or not. Agreed. But if we show out again this year, do our usual you know seven to ten wins, but our offense is in the bottom ten percent again. Do Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. What? Do, uh, well, what do you think? Are you saying that's when Kirk's going to fire Brian? I don't know. I I don't ever see that happening. I and I, I don't. And if it does he, happen, well, they wouldn't do it under the guise of a firing. They no, somehow I think he would find another figure, job a, figure out a way to get him away from here. Yeah. But I think this. I mean, there was a lot of people convinced that what was happening this spring mm-hmm. that Brian was not going to be back here. And as it turns out, not only is he back, he's got more. Control over the offense. I mean, when you go from coaching the tight ends and being the coordinator and calling plays to coaching the quarterbacks being the coordinator, you have way more control over the offense now, which is how ideally you want it to be. You want that same person to have those three jobs just for common sense reasons. I mean, it's easier to communicate and what have you. The question is, is Brian ready and capable of it? And I know from talking to a lot of fans that they think right now they're not sure of that. No. And why would they be sure of it? No, and, well, the fans, of course, are going to be the last to know. Yes. Cause, I mean, you know, I don't know. Well, we won't know. Squat. Well, no, we'll all know. We'll all know. I mean, cause we'll know in the games. Yes. I mean, they can do whatever. Oh, man, Brian had a great day calling plays and practicing. None of that will matter. Just like with the, no. the quarterbacks. It won't matter what we're hearing. I mean, I keep hearing Joey Labus is the next star. I mean, that's the – and maybe that is the case. That's the narrative being pushed by some. He's the next star. The other two – and I, like I said, people ask me, I still will be very surprised if Petrus doesn't start the season opener. I but, agree with but you. But there's a narrative out there, and this happens a lot when the two that you're not – when you have two that neither one have really lit it on fire, neither one have really caught your imagination – I think that's when you move on, and I think that's what some in the media are doing, and I think that's what fans want. They need something to clutch onto, and right now Joey Labus is that. He is that element for some, and I get it. I get it, but 
I'll have to wait and see because I've been doing this for a long time and I can't tell you how many times I've heard about the next star and it's always somebody who you're not going to get proven wrong right away by saying it. So you say it to generate interest and that goes mm. on a ton. And I think that's part of what's going on with Joey Labus right now. And he may turn out to be, I'm not saying he won't be, but I mean, people, I mean, people were acting like it was news that Petrus was number one on the depth chart that they released. Yes. I mean, that to me, it would have been news if he wasn't. Oh, it, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so, I didn't even write. I mean, I did. A, the only thing I updated was the fact that Cody Entz and um, Elijah Yelverton, I figured Yelverton mm-hmm. was not going to, we've been saying that. I mean, when a stud, well, when I say a stud, a four-star recruit from a different part of the country comes in and gets buried on the depth chart, they're not going to stay here. No. No. And that's what happened. I'm not surprised at all. Ince, and especially in this day and age. I mean, the movement is yes. there for... He's from Texas. He, yeah. And Ince is injury-related, I've been told. Kirk will clear all that stuff up today. But none of the other stuff. I mean, Petrus being the star, number one on the depth chart, that's not news. Yeah, it's disappointing news to many, but... So who but wanted what, Labus surprised. or Padilla? About anybody. Yeah, but like I said, Padilla did nothing to me, convince me that he's better than Petrus. And I agree. He's more mobile. I agree 100%. He's more mobile, that. but I mean, um, I, I just didn't see him seize the opportunity when it was there for the taking. And I'm not, I don't know how much of it was his fault. I don't know if the offensive line was so um, up and down last year that they really contributed to our quarterback. Oh, that struggles. didn't help. The offensive line was not very good. No. Even though they had a great center, the line struggled. And it, the offense just wasn't very good. And that's why I think it's co- logical to have some um, concern about what's going to happen with Brian giving more responsibility. He's never coached quarterback. We'll see what Chuck says. Chuck, I mean, I don't think Chuck's going to come on here and just start dropping verbal bombs and no. whatever. He's, but, you know, he, I think it's Sarah's fair. Parents must go. I mean, no. Chuck, <laughs> I mean, but if Chuck, I could see Chuck voicing some. I mean, we'll see what he says. Well, sure. Like I said, I will see. We'll see what he says. I mean, he knows. I mean, he's coached quarterbacks. He played quarterback. He's been a head coach. He's been a coordinator. I mean, Chuck's worn all the shoes. So if anyone is qualified. In, a posi- qualified in a position to talk about this, to me, it's Chuck. And he's a former Hawkeye. You know, he cares about what goes on in this program. And let's face it, they got to get better quarterback play. I mean, I mean, I know. I'm well, they got to get better play. Period. But I think it offense. starts with the quarterback sure. in a lot of ways. It really does. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I, Spencer Petrus might be my favorite player on the team. If I could, he's to me the most enjoyable guy to interview. He and Kayvon Merriweather are probably the the easiest to interview. They're very interesting. But Spencer's got to do better. The quarterback position has to play better. Well, it, the offense in general has to be better. I mean, it's just it's painful. It's painful to watch sometimes. It's so. So yeah, far. and I mean the receivers. I I think the receivers are adequate. I I don't think there's no there's not a stable full of thoroughbreds four three six two guys waiting. That's not at Iowa. That will no. never be at Iowa. No. But Keegan Johnson, Arlen, there's some decent receivers there, and I just right now the offense just isn't working. And uh, as a as a lifelong fan, you know, for me, it's it's almost incomprehensible to go from. The, the offense that we've seen at its best, what like against Ohio State, against USC, um, and then the offense against Wisconsin, and it was one week apart a couple of years ago. I've never seen a Jekyll and Hyde offense like that. But the so offense why, has been more closer to being like Wisconsin. Those other games, yes, are, it has. Those other games are outliers. I don't know the USC game. They just, I mean, that wasn't a good coaching staff. They were in disarray. They weren't ready for Iowa's in sweeps, what have you. The the Ohio State thing, I, the only way I can – that was a fluke. 
Yeah. That was just an outlier, fluke, aberration, whatever you want to call it, a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I mean, the, his first pass was returned for a pick six. Yes. JD, and it Loved was it. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, Iowa offense wasn't even on the field yet, and they were up 7 nothing. I That was something we'll never see again, I don't think. I mean, we'll see Iowa beat Ohio State again, not, but not in that fashion. I don't think we'll ever see another game like that as long as Ohio State stays the power that it is in football. That mm-hmm. was just one of those things. I don't think it was a true reflection of the offense. It, sometimes things like well, that I happen. I think you're right about that. I mean, sometimes stuff like that happens. We see it in the NCAA tournament. I mean, I mean true reflection of the offense. I mean, th- are the number tells us, you know, in relation to the rest of the offenses in the country. Well, when I think of Iowa offense right now, I think back to like the game at Michigan in two that when they lost 10 to 3. Uh-huh. I think of the Wisconsin games. I think of the Purdue I, there's been so many games where the offense just doesn't do anything. It can't run, it can't throw, it struggles to get 250 to 300 yards, it does not it does nothing downfield, it has no explosive plays. That's what they got to fix. And it seems like we have Positive field position often. I mean, well, I, yeah, especially when you have really a punter the, like Tory yes. Taylor. Yeah, no, the field position is not a problem. There's been plenty of times where this offense has been set up to succeed, but I just, I don't know. I don't see Kirk going through any major overhaul. I don't see them becoming spread when Kirk's going to be 67 to start this season. No. I don't see them all of a sudden switching all their principles. So it comes down to they are going to be – what Kirk's going to say is we just got to be better at what we do. I think that's what he'll say today. I think that's what he'll say leading into the season. As far as Brian, he'll be like, hey, he's evolved. We're confident he's ready for this challenge. He's got good people working around him. we got good people in the program, and we just got to get better. I think that's going to be Kirk's message. Okay, uh, Johnson County – is not going to sound the sirens today. The weather radios will kick off. It's a statewide tornado drill, but Johnson County will not be sounding the sirens if the weather is better tomorrow than they'll sound them tomorrow at uh, 10 o'clock. Don't expect the sirens when your weather radio goes off this morning. Okay. Hello. When I think of Chuck Long, I think about how great he was for us at Iowa. And then he goes to Detroit, and he has no line protecting him at all. Right. And I think he. I think he could have been one of the greatest quarterbacks. He reminds me of Peyton Manning, his size and everything. It just. It was so disappointing for me. They didn't protect him. Yeah. Well, that's uh, going into the right situation for most pro athletes is like that. I mean, it's yeah. really hard for even a great player to excel when the, the pieces around them are, are not very good. Exactly. It's, I just thought he, you know, not because he went to Iowa. I thought he's built perfect. He's tall. But and he's still a great guy. So. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Your first. Have a good day, guys. Yeah. So it's funny. The, the, the football team is the – polar opposite of the men's basketball team and the women's basketball team. The basketball teams are top 10 in the country offensively and near the bottom defensively every year. Mm -hmm. And the football team is exactly the opposite. I just find that interesting. No, it is. I mean, it just shows there's different ways to win and lose. And it shows that all three are pretty good, but they're not great. And that's to, that's because what, part of the equation is missing. Yes, each one has a somewhat serious flaw that prevents them from going from good to great. And yep. I, I mean, we saw that. Um, so yeah. it's the football stuff, though. I mean, basketball. 
that style, what Fran and Lisa, that's becoming more and more popular, whereas football is going the other direction as far as its style is becoming less and less popular. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? I would. So, and I'm not saying that makes one right or one whatever, but, I mean, Iowa offensive-wise in football seems to be, I don't want to say stuck in the 80s or 90s, but but the answer always seems to be what nothing needs to change. We just got to get better at what we do. That seems to be the narrative. And that's Kirk's right to do that. I mean, he's, you know, he's won 10 games in two of the last three seasons, but a cynic would say, well, the reason you didn't win anything bigger than what you did, like a Big Ten championship, because of your offense. is because of your offense. Well, the, There's, you can always look at things too. That isn't ways. a cynic and it, to well, say that that's well, what I'm, open okay, your eyes. What a glass, I mean, what a negative person. I mean, because... I mean, trust me, Tom. I hear from both of them. I mean, there's fans that, I, I know hey, you. these ten wins enough. You, you, clay, you clickbait hackers. You want to point all the <laughs> negative stuff. Well, I'm happy winning ten games with Iowa football. There's that out there too. They don't see it that way. So, and I hear it from both sides. So, and and you can't win in that situation. I mean, there's people that are frustrated with the offense, but there's people that you say anything bad about Iowa football, you're evil. I, I mean, mean, there's no question that ten wins in Iowa in football is a gr- excellent season. It's not what it used to be. No, because no. Just because a lot of teams do it now. You play, yeah. I mean, Iowa played 14 games this year. I mean, the 2014 won 10 games playing 12 games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, t- 10 wins is still impressive, but it's not what it was in the 80s and the 90s and what have you. Just right. Because the game has changed. I mean, if you're a team that's great, you could play up to 15 games if you make it all the way. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's just an interesting – this spring's going to be interesting, but nothing is going to be there for us to see until the game starts. Yeah. We'll hear narratives. We'll write certain things. We'll push things. There's certain people in the media that will always take the pro look, and some maybe will be a little more scrutinizing and what have you, but we won't know anything until they start playing games. Clickbait. Clickbait. <laughs> so, I mean, the Big Ten championship – you know, you can say, well, the offense was terrible. They only scored three points, and yes, they were. But the defense gave up 44 points. It did. A defense played well enough for about a half uh-huh. to, to keep them in the game, but eventually right. the defense unraveled because the offense did nothing. I mean, the defense could only hold up for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the offense had maybe fired a shot and stayed on the field a little longer in the second, early in the third quarter, I, then don't, who think, knows? I don't think the defense would have – Unraveled the way they did. I mean, both feet off each other. And the Iowa offense in that game was just – I mean, that's the other problem. I mean, when things do go bad in big games, they just go really bad. I don't – the bowl game against Kentucky, I know it was a bowl, but that to me was not a big – I mean, it was a big game, but that – I mean, that was not a great Kentucky team. They were missing most of their starters on defense. That game was just another reason to – you know, go to Florida and hey, we play in another bowl game. I get it, but I it was never to me a big game. Well, I needed to get COVID, evidently. So well, so but we the Big Ten Championship was a big game. <laughs> yes, it was. The Big Ten yeah. Championship was a big game on a bigger stage, and unfortunately, Iowa just laid an egg. I mean, well, us- and the narratives out there. Whenever Iowa gets positive press uh, nationally and starts getting accolades that then we run into a brick wall and pee down our legs. Yeah. I mean, it is a lingering problem, and I I mean, it, that's the football thing. And then basketball, you got the March Madness. I mean, both every program has their demons, I should say, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just the way it is. So are we going to take a break before Chuck, or are we going to do it afterwards? Are you getting ready to call him now? Okay, let's, yeah, yeah. let's just go, and we'll take a break afterwards. Sure. So I imagine we'll keep Chuck on for a couple hours. An hour and a half, two hours, three hours. 
The Chuck Long report. We had we had Halushka on for almost an hour. Someone texted me said they were going to file a missing persons report. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to see. But I mean, who do you think starts the season opener at quarterback? Well, Spencer, for sure. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, that's what I think. And I, you know, and and I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It's not like oh God, I can't believe I got that wrong. I don't care if I'll be wrong. I'm just that's my gut feeling. And um, just on a basketball note, both Tommy Taiwo and uh, Logan Cook are in the portal as of this morning. Well, I knew Logan wasn't coming back. Right. I did, I'm not. I'm not even convinced she'll play next year. But I think you explore your options. Yeah, I, I think that's what they're doing. You know, and you, you just explore your options, and we'll see. Because I know Logan's got some maybe some career aspirations after college. She's mm-hmm. getting her degree, and it'll be interesting to see what they do. So wish wish both those gals yeah. the best of luck. They were great Hawkeyes, played their hearts out for us, mm-hmm. and uh, best of luck to both of them. Got Chuck. Got Chuck on. on. Hey, Chuck, right. how you doing? Great, guys. How you guys doing? Not too not too bad, by golly, I must say. Um, well, let's start the volley off here. Well, I want to start with what I was telling you guys okay. earlier. Chuck, 40 years ago this month, what was going on in your life? 40 years ago this month, uh, 40 years ago this month in March. March of 82. Going on? 1982, so that would have been spring ball. Yes. Yes. And we we just started spring ball, and that's where I earned the starting position. Yep, we were just talking about that. So Can you that believe? Was, Forty years. Forty years. And, and I and I really uh, the very first scrimmage. I had a really good scrimmage, and and um, that's what kind of got me going in my career. But um, yeah, I'm glad you guys remind me of that. <laughs> oh man. Old. So that sounds, old. that sounds old, man. Yes, it does. Well, it sure does. But Chuck, so when did you think that you would won the job? Was it halfway through spring, early, or or were you ever comfortable until spring ended? How did you remember? Uh, the first scrimmage, I had a really hot scrimmage, and I felt like, hey, I got a chance to be the starter here. And then I had a really good spring. But I was still learning on the run. You know, I came from a high school that only threw the ball yeah. five times a game. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I was still learning on the run. And uh, and that, and then I, I got to the fall. You know, because Coach Fry was big big on, you know, what the, the one group versus the three group in scrimmages. So mm-hmm. he really felt he wanted everybody in the field good as a number one. But that, that was not reality when it, when it came to game time. And. And uh, but I felt really good coming out of spring as a you know as 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 a starter you know uh, entrenched as a starter and of course the fall went well as as well and then we played Nebraska <laughs> it all it all went back to ground zero when they just pummeled us and and I had probably the worst I had the worst outing of, uh, as a Hawkeye in, in that game it was my first game and and. Uh, and you know that was the story. You guys probably know that you that, hurled you know, on Hayden, were, didn't you? <laughs> well, yeah. I, I know the fourth quarter, I was sick. I call the timeout. I get to the sideline. He's livid. You know, he's so <laughs> mad at me that he, he, he goes, "Charlie, why are you calling a timeout? This game's over with. Keep the clock going." And I threw up all over him, <laughs> <laughs> all, 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 all over his white pants and white shoes. He was so mad at me. He, he benched me on the spot. I never. I had my whole family. I had both sets of my grandparents. My my, my side of the family is from Oklahoma, so uh-huh. they came up. From, they know about the Oklahoma Nebraska rivalry, and they were concerned about this game for me. And after the game, my little old Southern grandmother, you know, with her sweet voice, said, uh, 
You know, Chuck, you don't have to play this game of football anymore if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, so, I said, Grandma, it's only one game. Give me a break. We got we got a long way to go, but she wanted me to quit on the spot. <laughs> so, but, did you did you have any doubts at that point after your debut? They're saying, "Well, gosh, maybe the the this is too big for me." No, I, I didn't. I did not believe it or not. I, I felt like I. You know, I, I had a good spring and a good fall camp, and that I just felt like that wasn't going to go to waste. And um, I didn't know when my time was going to happen again because, uh, you know, Hayden started Tom Grogan the next day, next game, and, and I guess Iowa State at home, and we lost that game. And then Hayden just said, hey, let's just go with the youngin' and, and, and live with him. And we went down to Arizona and had a really – Great game, and right. great victory, and, and, and really hot weather and muggy weather, and and uh, you know we were zero two going that game, then we won that game, and then that's when you know I felt like okay th- he's going to let me grow in this position, and and he did. And that's what head coaches do; they trust their instincts, right? I mean, Hayden was going to play yeah, who yeah. he thought was going to win games, and he thought it was you, and obviously he was right. Right, right. Uh, I think I think you know coming off a of Rose Bowl year and. No one knew how we were going to do that year. I mean, we were a young football team. Again, we were one and two after Arizona. Uh, we were just trying to get to you know a bowl game again, and then we ended up going to the Peach Bowl. We we just fought our way through that year. It was a really good team effort, and we get to down to the Peach Bowl, and it was really the Peach Bowl yeah. that year, guys. Yep. After that game, I felt like I had belonged in the Big Ten because that whole year it was a struggle. I mean, I was trying to catch up to the system. I was trying to, you know, help our team win games. Hayden did a great job of mixing the run and pass. He didn't put a lot on me. I didn't have, I think, the most yardage I had that year uh, in a game was like 220 mm-hmm. at the most. And um, so we had a good mix of defense, offense. We, we managed to scrape to a 7-4 and four regular season record. And then the Peach Bowl just opened it up for me. I mean, I, I, I go to the Peach Bowl, and we just got hot, uh, threw the ball all over the place, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, David Morris was, was a, you know, had a great game that game. And, and all of a sudden, it's just, I felt like coming out of that game, I felt, okay, I, I can play in the Big Ten. I remember watching that Peach Bowl. Did you? I mean, that was a oh, fun yeah. game to watch. I was a senior in high school, yeah. I, and I knew George Davis. He didn't play on that team, but he was he was a redshirt freshman, what have you. But I thought you and Ronnie also started to really click in the Peach Bowl. Yeah, I mean, Ronnie. You know, Ronnie was just you know. I always say there's two guys that really stuck out to me when I was at Iowa that just were ahead of ahead of everybody else athletically. One. One was Andre Tippett, and the other was Ronnie Harmon. Mm-hmm. You know, those two guys were just man among boys. And Ronnie, I mean, Ronnie was a two-year starter at wide receiver, and he was every bit as good as anybody in the league. And then he went to running back and, two, you know, played two years there. So, I mean, it just gives you an idea what he, the versatility that he had. But uh, he had a great game that game, and we ran the ball effectively. But Anyway, yeah, 40 years ago, I, I'm glad you guys reminded me, I, you know. <laughs> Chuck, I wanted to ask you, how important was, of course, I know Hayden's impact, but for you, the early stages developing was Bill Snyder. I mean, he was the quarterback coach. He was who you dealt with more than anybody, right? I assume you dealt with yeah, him more was, than Hayden. Yeah, a lot more than Hayden, Coach Fry. And, 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 you know, I tell people, I mean, how many guys uh, – that played the game had two Hall of Fame coaches coaching them at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, 
obviously Bill Snyder went on to be a college football Hall of Fame coach with Kansas State, what he did there. But I had the, you know, the, I was blessed to have two guys that knowledgeable about the game, you know, coach me at the same time. But Bill, Bill was, yeah, I was with Coach Snyder more than Coach Fry, and he, he was the, the nuts and bolts of my development, so to speak. And, and uh, you know, Hayden was great on game day and, and the mental aspect of the game. So I had a really nice combination of, of Bill Snyder, who's the nuts and bolts and the physical part and getting, you know, working me and developing me, you know, with the physical aspect of quarterbacking. Of course, Hayden was the mental aspect. And so I had a really nice blend there. And it was like a perfect storm. I mean, I, I, I needed those kind of guys, again, coming from a high school that did not throw the ball. I needed those kind of guys to get me to where, you know, where I, where they got me at Iowa. And I, I'm so thankful that they did that, obviously. If you had to pick one thing about Snyder that made him a great quarterback coach, is there one thing that stood out to you, or is there just too many to pick from? Too many, but uh, just the detail. Okay. I mean, he's he, he's unlike any other coach. I mean, I, I'm not sure, and I and I say this uh, to people, and they I kind of you know I get eyebrow eyebrow raised, you know that kind of deal. But people ask me who's the greatest college football coach of all time. I say Bill Snyder. I mean, there's no way. For him to go into Kansas State and did what he did at Kansas State, coming off I think two or three years prior to that, where they did not win a game, <laughs> and do that at Kansas State, I'm not sure. And I, I have high respect for Nick Saban. I have high respect for some other guys around the country that have done what they do, or what they've done at their respective schools. But I'm not quite sure those guys can go into Kansas State and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Fair <laughs> enough. I mean, Bill, Bill Snyder. Uh, to me, had the greatest turnaround in college football history. So, to get back to your question, just the detail. I mean, he never left anything unturned. I never, and this is a big statement, I never felt in a game that I was unprepared. Not one time. Now, I might have missed throwing the football a few times to the other team, but that was, <laughs> you know, that was my fault, or, or whatever the case may be. It wasn't because, oh, they, somebody tricked me defensively. I never never felt like I was unprepared in any football game when I was there. Well, that I mean, that speaks for itself. And I think you're right. I think the rebuilding job at Iowa was great. But let's give Iowa a little bit of – Iowa was a better – I mean, the Ebyshevsky years did happen. Kansas State had nothing like that. They had nothing. nothing. And I think Iowa City is an easier place to build from than Manhattan, too. I've been there. But mm-hmm. you're right, Chuck. And just his attention to details. Well, let's segue into this. Now there's been a lot of talk with the quarterback position here yeah. in Iowa now. I mean, Ken O'Keefe um, steps – well, I guess the way they worded it is he's stepping away from on-field stuff. He's still going to be working with the program off the field. And I – I heard a lot of rumblings, oh, they're going to try to bring somebody from the outside. And, and there were a lot of rumors. I mean, there was a, maybe Brian was going to go to the NFL. But as it turns out, Brian is going to become the quarterback coach. And I was talking to these guys before we went on there. Back in 2017, when he got promoted, we asked him, oh, well, you coach quarterbacks. And he's like, oh, no, God, I don't have any experience doing that. that and they obviously they brought Ken in. So can we assume, we have Kirk today at a press conference. What I think Kirk's going to say is, you know, guys evolve. He's been around these guys for five years. He knows a lot more than he did. Because really, what else can Kirk say right now under under the circumstance? And just your what was your thoughts when all that stuff went down? I thought it was a missed opportunity for Kirk and I with football. I really did. I, quarterback coaching is such a different animal. I don't. I 
and I was in it for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody with an offensive line background uh, who played offensive line like Brian Ferris did and grew up in that offensive line arena and then tight ends, which I believe offensive line and tight ends coaching kind of goes hand in hand. I don't know if any of with that background have gone on to coach quarterbacks. It's just uh, it's an integral part of you know, uh, it's just different than everything else. I mean, it's just there's so much more preparation, so many little nuances and intricacies that that you have to be able to know and coach. And I knew a lot. I knew a lot just by playing the game. Sure. So when I when I coached, it, there's a lot of carryover, and I just had a great knowledge and base of it. You know, just based on where I've been, I just. I just thought it was a missed opportunity to go out here, you know, and I thought the dominoes were playing out really well for, for Kirk, you know, with Ken O'Keefe was retiring and going off the field. Here you have a great position open. You know, you keep Brian a tight ends coach. You have a, you, you have a chance to go out and get a offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach. You look at your, your top 10 teams in total offense. And I'm, I'm a bit, I'm, the true measure of offensive football is total offense mm-hmm. because that tells you, how, you know, how much you're moving the ball. You know, scoring offense is, can be confused because you get short fields after a turnover, and if a defense scores or special team scores, that goes to the scoring scoring average. But total offense to me is really the true measure. And I, I remember working with other coaches, and and, they, and when they had openings they would always go look at, okay, who are the top ten offenses out there, and let's get a piece of that. You know, mm-hmm. you look at top ten this past year, like a Western Kentucky or Virginia or Kent State or a Coastal Carolina. Those, those, those teams were in the top ten in total offense. Mm-hmm. And those are, you know, those, are, those are not you know, power five schools. So you have a chance to go out and find the coordinator there or somebody – at that school and bring a person like a coach like that in uh, really would have excited the fan base. You're, you're, you're revamping your offense, et cetera. Uh, Cause right now it's just not in a good place. In my opinion, you know, when you're, you know, 124th or whatever it was in total offense this past year, you got, you got to do something. So well, anyway, so I, I just thought it was a missed opportunity with a great position open and, and you can sell it. The other, the other issue with Brian is he's never coached it before. So how do you sell that in a living room? How do you go into a living room, uh, you know, a quarterback prospect, and sell that with no experience behind him? That's going to be, I think, a challenging situation for that. So why do you think Kirk went in that direction? Is just because he's so comfortable with Brian and he knows how he thinks and that Brian's going to do basically what Kirk wants him to do? I think so. I think that's the, the easy answer. Um, you don't know what happens behind the scenes, and maybe Kirk did reach out to those types of prospects, and they were comfortable or happy where they were. Um, you know, maybe they did not want to come in and, and uh, you know, run certain aspects of the Iowa offense. You know, who knows? Yeah. I mean, he mm-hmm. might have reached out to people, and, and it just didn't work out. As well, so 
yeah, I think both of those situations could have happened. You know, he felt comfortable. He feels comfortable with his son, obviously, uh, running the offense. And, you know, they had their formula, and they're going to stick with it, so to speak. But uh, And also maybe he did reach out, and, and, you know, he couldn't get who he wanted. Uh, uh, so I, I, that's just a guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know the facts. No, Nobody really knows. So that, that's my guess. Chuck, it's an unusual situation. I wrote about it. I mean, it- Iowa was one of the – I can't think of hardly any programs where the coordinator coaches a position that's not quarterbacks and but still calls the plays. I wonder if that was a hang-up with some – because a name I kept hearing was the offensive coordinator from North Dakota State. What's his name? Randy Hedberg? I know he's done a great job with right. – But maybe – Incredible job. What, uh, let's say they offer a guy like him seven, $800,000, which is way more, but he doesn't come in and call plays. Do you think – because do you think – I never thought that – Kirk was going to have Brian surrender being the play caller, and I think that's why they have moving him to quarterback because it's so unusual not to do that. It was a di- a weird situation. Do you think that maybe made it harder for them to get people to look at the job? It, it might have. I, I personally would have. I mean, coordinate. You can keep coordinating titles. I mean, you can keep you can uh, keep Brian's coordinating title, uh, or, or you can make him a co coordinator. And, and so you can entice somebody to come back, you know, come in and be the play caller. I mean, play callers get stripped of their play calling all the time. <laughs> no, you're, <laughs> you're right. I mean, it just, you know, I, I, you know I, it just happens. And it, that's, that's a common thing that happens nationally. Coach comes in and says, hey, you know, I'm not real happy where we're at right now. We're going to give uh, this coach a chance to call the plays. Well, as a professional, you understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to, yeah, you, you're not happy with it if you're the play caller, but you understand the big picture and, and you want your program to have success, most, you know, first and foremost. I would have actually taken the play calling away from Brian and less pressure on him because he's, he's going into the season under a lot of pressure. Oh. You guys know. <laughs> and, and, and coaching a position he's never coached before. So I would have ease that off and, and, and bring in a, a new play caller and, and and go from there. But that's just, you know, again, that's just me. Well, I think there's but, a lot of people that agree uh, with you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know most. all the details behind it. But, man, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. Being a, it, it, It's hard enough just to coach quarterbacks, and now you got to put a, a game plan together. Uh, you know, the thing about game planning is is you have to you have to be able to I always wanted to see what the you know what what the offensive line coach is doing. When I game planned, I wanted that offensive line coach in there with me because if that coach didn't like the play or didn't like the scheme or the protection, it was out. I didn't I didn't call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want I want to make sure that was so. That, I'm just giving you an example of all the little parts, the moving parts that happen in game planning, and then you got to coach quarterbacks, and you've never done that before. Man, that's a tall task, in my opinion. And you're taking over. Well, you're adding more responsibility in the wake of an offensive season that just, I mean, like Tom was saying before, Iowa football's, Iowa football's built to win in two out of the three areas right now. Great special teams, solid defense. Yep. If they had just an average offense. So, Chuck, when you watch the offense right now, as a former quarterback, former Iowa assistant, former head coach, what 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 frustrates you the most about the? Is there one thing? And what do you think is the biggest problem with the offense? Well, I – you know, I think they put a lot on the quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard that. Yeah, know, I just, keep hearing. Just what I, you know, what I see, you know, all the 
you know, getting getting the team in the right position. Um, I'm not saying that's a that's a that's a bad thing, but it, it's more conducive to having a veteran quarterback. Sure, you know, it takes a while. You know, when they get they finally get that veteran quarterback or a guy who's had experience. You know, I, I think Spencer Petras probably has a good understanding right now of what's going on, but it, it took a while to get there. Mm-hmm. I, I they have an offense that, you know, if you look at other offenses around the country, they just not. They're not to that point. Now, they have their own system. There's very few fullback-type offenses in the, in the country, uh, but that's a system that they believe in and, and trust. But you have to look at the numbers, too. I mean, you can't sit still when, you're, when your total offense has not been. I, what's the best they've been under Brian? About 92nd, I think, in, I the, think, in um, the country. Yeah. I mean, you have to look at those numbers, in my opinion, and, hey, there's aspects of this is not working anymore. We have to be able to, like you said, you know, you're not looking for, you're not looking for top 10 offenses, but they've had some top 10 defenses under Phil Parker. Oh, without question. Yeah. You know, they're, I don't know, three or four of those years are in the top 10. I mean, I think it's Iowa, Georgia, and maybe Alabama that have been, what, three years in a row in the top 10 defensively. Yeah, no, the defense is there. like you said, you don't, you know, you'd like to have a top ten offense, but if you're just in that average range, now you got a chance to, you know, go to the Big Ten championship more than the the, the one time they had in the few, last few years. You got a you got a chance to get in there. So, to me, you got to look at hey, when you're not any better than ninety second, you have to look at we've got to do something different or improve or whatever. To me, it's do something different. You know, I just think you have to be able to progress in a way where we have to do something different here and, and then we'll have a real, real opportunity and chance. But do you think there's any possibility at all that they're going to do something different because they, they don't ever seem to? It's possible. Uh, I think spring ball will vet that out a little bit. Um, there's always possibility. You know, I when I was a coordinator, we – we changed. I mean, we changed with the times, and we, uh, you know, Bob Stoops was adamant, adamant about that. You know, Bob went from huddle to no huddle. I mean, he, you yeah. know, he said, hey, we got to keep up with the times, and a lot of that is recruiting as well. I mean, you have to be able to go in the living room and sell that. You know, hey, we're, we're, we're doing these things now. And then, you know, you get, you get good players, you get better players. But, um, so it is possible. I mean, I, I, we went, I'll give you an example, my own example. We went from a, a spread offense uh, with Jason White at Oklahoma, mm-hmm. who won a Heisman Trophy, doing shotgun spread offense the whole day, the whole year. And then we got this guy named Adrian Peterson the next year. You probably heard of him, right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> Time or two. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Adrian was not a shotgun running back. I mean, he just didn't like the shotgun. He didn't like getting the handoff in the shotgun. He he wanted to be behind the center, seven yards deep. Give give me that ball going downhill as fast as I can, because they're not going to stop me. So we changed from a pure shotgun to some more underneath the center. Uh, you know, with Adrian Peterson. So we 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 worked, and it was it was a different scheme for us, and and it worked. So because we had such a great talent back there, so. That was from one year to the next. That wasn't over a two-year thing. We, we, 
And that's what spring ball is for, in my opinion. The mm-hmm. Spring ball is a great opportunity to work your, a new system or a new scheme or uh, whatever the case may be. So it is possible. Do you think that mindset is currently on the staff at the University of Iowa, though? You know, Pat and I were talking a little bit earlier that saying that Kirk's going to say, well, we're just got to get better well, at that, what we do. That's the last time we talked to Kirk about the season and about the offense. He said, yeah. he goes, it's not, he goes, it's not a matter of making changes. It's a matter of getting better at what we do. That's been his mantra. And I, I, I see where he's coming from, but at some point, I mean, I just don't think that change mindset is there. And that's the concern for me as a, you know, more as a fan. I mean, as mm-hmm. a reporter, that's different. But we're talking. You're talking as a fan. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And Chuck, you're kind of talking as a fan. I mean, you're a fan now. I mean, you're you're a hot, former Hawkeye player. I get it. And I'm just concerned that Kirk is convinced that it's not a matter of changing. That it's just a matter of getting better at what we do. And the stuff around him is good enough to where he can keep this attitude. But to me, it's keeping the offense from reaching a level to make this team special and keeping the team from becoming uh, top 10 instead of top 25 or 30. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, do you see, do you see why there would be concern with some fans that he won't change? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think we all have that concern. Um, you know, as a, as a former player who, who, you know, loves the Iowa, has loved the Iowa football program since 1981. I mean, (laughs) Yeah, there there is, there is a concern there, and you ha- you guys have legitimate concerns like everybody else. You you want more rhetoric in terms of hey, we we got to look at some more schemes. I think yes. they need to add different schemes to their system. You you can keep some base in there to, because you've had a base you've worked on for a long time, and and the kids, especially Spencer Petrus you know, knows that base. But there, you do have opportunity to add schemes that you've never done before. Mm-hmm. Now, I go back to, I go back to, and one year I, one year I don't count is the, is the COVID year, 2020, when, you know, not everybody was playing with a level playing. No, you're right, some, you're right, yep. Yeah, some teams had eight games, some teams had two, four. So I, I don't really, you know, I haven't included that year when I talk about, you know, the total offense stats. Yeah. Uh, however, you know, that was a year I felt that offensively they were doing some things that they hadn't done before. Um, so I don't know where that carryover, it really didn't happen the next year. Some of those schemes went away, you know, like the jet sweep series. Mm-hmm. They did a little bit of that last year, but not as much as they did in that, in that, in that COVID year. So I just felt like they opened it up more in that, in that year and just didn't, Whatever the case may be, personnel, maybe it was the case uh, in 2021 where they just didn't like it as much or didn't have the personnel that they felt we could run it or other teams caught up to it. I don't know. But I just felt like they started to progress that year and then they went back to uh, you know, a, a tougher year in 2021 where they just couldn't move the football. That's a good point because remember the Holiday Bowl 2019? That was a carryover into 2020. It was so, fabulous. I mean, that was one of Brian Ferentz's best. Uh, the the jet sweeps they they mm-hmm. never they never did figure that stuff out. USC mm-hmm. did, and you're right, he did do that more. I'm not sure why they reverted back. And I wanted to ask you, Chuck. I mean, uh, this is the, this is the question I think that a lot of people want to know. How much different, complicated, awkward does it make it the fact that Brian is his son? 
I mean, what if Bill Snyder had been Hayden's son? I mean, how, how would that have, how does that, does that complicate things in your eyes? Does it make things tougher? Or does it make things easier for Kirk? I think it makes it tougher because, and Tom and I, we yeah. talked about, Kirk is basically hooked his saddle to Brian and he's going to sink or swim with Brian. That's how I look. Do you look at it that way? Yes, I do. How about you, Chuck? Yeah, I, I, it's appearing that way. Um, I've never been a fan. I've never been a fan, just so you guys know, of, of I, I think all universities, and this is all universities, should should enforce nepotism rules uh, when it comes to coaching. I just don't believe you should be able to hire uh, your son, daughter, whatever the case may be, to, to coach with you. It's a little different on the, on the coaching, a, coaching a son, you know, on the football team, although that can, that can get, you know, a little uh, I challenging at times. Sure. But I, I just believe that all universities should enforce that. They shouldn't let coaches, uh, you know, coach, you know, have, have sons or daughters or brothers or uh, on a coaching staff. You know, I just think that's a, that's a tough situation. for. There's, there's nepotism rules for a reason, right, gentlemen? Yes, yes. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a reason for those. Well, anyway, uh, to answer your question, yeah, I think it can be challenging. Um, it, it, it might be a uh, – it's a challenging situation because, let's face it, well, you know, Brian is a son. Yes, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, it, you don't ever – you don't. I don't hate – I hate to use this word, but you don't ever want to fire your own son. No. I mean, no. it's just uh, – it, it's, a, it's a tough, tough – tough deal in a, in a I think it's a tricky situation daily for um, and it can be daily for Kirk and, and, and that staff but it's uh, anyway I don't know how else to no not no, good, good answer. I, I think it's a great answer I think you answered yeah. it the way most yeah. people would and I it, it, it is an awkward t- I'm just curious has Brian ever reached out to you before for advice about quarterbacks no he has not if he did, what would so, what would you say to him? If let's say he just called you and says, "Chuck, I just need to twist your bend your ear," and just what would be some of the basic things you would, or is it just too in depth and complicated to where you couldn't say that? I mean, or what what would be the focus of what would you tell him? What advice you well, give him? Well, I don't. Yeah, it would be. Uh, it would take a, <laughs> a lot of meetings and and just uh, I'd have to see where he was at with it, and then. It would take a lot of time. I mean, it would it would take time to to you know understand the entire complexity of the quarterback position. Now, I'm sure he's reached out to the quarterback coaches that he knows. Uh, you know, he has some NFL connections, as we all know. Sure. I'm sure he's reached out to them, and it made a lot of conversation. I mean, you have to. I mean, he'd be. He'd be foolish not to, in my opinion. I mean, you have to be able to. If you've never coached your position, you better make some phone calls or make, you know, get on the plane and make some visits to some people to to understand, you know, what's going on. And and then, <clears throat> I think the biggest challenges are these quarterback guru coaches that these guys go to. Yes, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that to me is the biggest challenge is trying to make sure. He's on the same page with your quarterback as as you are. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, when you when you have these quarterback gurus, and these quarterbacks go off and work out with them, and don't forget those quarterback gurus. uh, That's their client. They're getting paid by them, so they're 
it's all going to be sugar. Yes, right? mm-hmm. it's all gonna be, you're right. You know, my, my guy is not, you're wrong, my guy's not wrong, because this is the way I taught him, right? So you better make sure you have really clear and succinct communication with those quarterback gurus out there and make sure that, you know, hey, I, this is how we're teaching it at Iowa. Well, I want to make sure you're teaching it this way as well. How so, would Hayden have handled quarterback gurus? Oh, he would not have liked that. Not one bit. I can imagine. I can imagine. Not one bit. Oh, he would have been, you know, there's no way he would have let that happen. Well, yeah, Chuck, let me ask you a kind of a specific question here, okay? Uh, Pat and I were talking about this again earlier, that it is our thinking that Spencer Petrus is liable to be the starting quarterback this fall. Okay, and my, my question is, how much can you, okay, your greatest quarterbacks seem to have a pocket presence and a sense when things are getting bad back there and you got to get out. And touch. And yep. I, I'm not sure that Spencer has that. And when he does say, okay, I'm in trouble now, he can't get out of it. So is that something that you can teach? Well, not really. I mean, you know, they've, recruited and developed quarterbacks that fit their system. And their system is a pocket system. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a movement type system. You know, you have to go out and get the quarterback. Look at look at the NFL right now, guys. Look at all the young great <clears throat> NFL quarterbacks in the league that can move around. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean exactly. They give you an extra dimension that you, you just really can't coach. I mean, I I don't know. It's you know, can't's a big word, but you get those kind of guys and it's third down, everything breaks down and they get you out of it. You know, you're up there in the box going, man, I'm glad we got him. We got his legs got us out of yep, it. Yep. You know? yeah. Oh, yeah, without you know, question. Those, without question. Those are hard. To, I mean, to teach that, no, you, that's just an ability that they have. I mean, they can run. Uh, look at Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills. I mean, yeah, they're running quarterback sweeps with him in the NFL. Well, because he's so he's so big, strong, and can run. I mean, so to teach it, no, you know, you, you, you know, you teach concepts of quarterbacking. For example, drop back. You know, and and you want to step up and out when you scramble. You know, that's a simple concept. Um, but as far as you know, the, the God-given ability. You know, those those are the guys you try to recruit, and you want to get it. You want you know that's where to me that's where the trend is going. Look at the NFL. Yes. I mean, think about when we grew up, guys. All oh, they're all pocket guys. Yeah, I mean, look at yeah, for look, sure. look, look look at them now. Look at them now. Well, they're, they're a dying breed. I mean, out. Tom Brady's yeah, coming back, and, and people yeah. will use Tom Brady as. But that's he's arguably the greatest quarterback ever. Plus, Chuck, you know when does Tom Brady struggle? When they get pressure in the pocket, because he can't run. Pressure, yeah. I've seen him yeah. have games where he is neutralized because he can't <laughs> run. He, even as great as he is, he needs time. You know, so I'm with you. I to me, the inability to improvise when a play breaks down has been one of the biggest things that's hurt Iowa's offense. Because so, I mean, I think back to quarterbacks like Dan Persa, Antoine Randall, quarterbacks that the Iowa defense would control, and then on third and seven they'd scramble for eight and keep a drive going. Iowa hasn't had that option. For years, I mean, Brad Banks. Brad Banks was the last that one. Was it. Back when you played, I went back. You did a lot of you did a lot more rolling out than I thought. I went back and I mean, how often would you say that you rolled out to throw? 
I rolled out quite a bit. Hayden was big on pocket movement. He, he wanted really to get you out in space, it. yes. He didn't want to keep you yeah. back there in the pocket, right? Right. And yeah, how, how important was that for you? Oh, very important. Uh, you know, it just added another dimension to our offense. The, the, the catch-22 for for Iowa right now is when you go – it's recruiting. You go in there – unless you are able to go in there and say, hey, this is what we're doing now schematic-wise, uh, we're going to move around a lot more to – you know, to really enhance your ability to come with us, you're going. You know, they're going. Unless they're doing that, you're going in the living room with a pocket type offense. Well, the quarterbacks coming out of high school now. You know, there's not a lot of those guys around. No, anymore. there's not. <laughs> I mean, those guys are hard to find now because they all want to get get the spread offense in high school and. And uh, and move around, and they want to be like Pat Mahomes, you know, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know they, that's what they that's what they see. I mean, they see that every week. So I just think the the pure pocket guys right now are fewer fewer and far between. So now your pool's limited. Yeah, and who you can go after. But that's where we're at though with this team. Yeah. So you got <laughs> this is what we got, Chuck. Just so you know, Tom's yeah. a little frustrated with the Iowa offense. As well, <laughs> as are a lot of Iowa fans. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's it's and you know I get it. I feel you. Well, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, you have again. I look at the numbers. The yes. numbers don't lie. No, they I don't. I mean, you you have you have a what they finished 124th in the mm-hmm. country in total offense. And again, total offense is the purest. Yeah, uh, is the purest um, you know way to look at an offense uh, because it's actually actual movement of the football up and down the field. So. When you're finishing like that, you, you, to me, you have to make some significant change. I think we'll we'll wait and see if that happens. Uh, you know, coming out of spring and then into the fall. Yep. Well, Chuck, man, we could talk forever, but I know you're busy. I appreciate you, I appreciate you coming on on short notice because I know our listeners love hearing from you. And with spring football starting today, I figured it was appropriate. Um, Tom, you got anything else? No, as you said, we could go on forever, but we we appreciate your time and uh, and we know you love your Hawkeyes, and so do we. All right, guys. It's good to be on with you. You guys have a great spring. Uh, you too, Chuck. I'll you be too. in touch. Thanks. All right, guys. Thanks, guys. Wow, that was great. Really, we could talk oh, I could forever. Have gone. But, I mean, we had him on for, what, 35, 40 minutes? Yeah, I, I start 35. to think after about 35 minutes, get, you know, I mean, I could have, we could have, I mean, should I we just call him back and call him back? I got, go till 11? I got the sense that he would have been happy to talk for another 10 minutes. And but. I appreciate his insight. And he wasn't, he didn't, but he's... Chuck Long has a right to question things. I mean, well, sure, but I thought he, do. I think he kept it civil. He didn't make any. No. I mean, but it, he made it clear that he's frustrated and he believes that Iowa missed an opportunity. I what I don't know is if Iowa tried to create an opportunity or if they just said they were gonna we're gonna do this with Brian's gonna get it. I'll just announce it when I feel it's appropriate. What do you think? You think well, Kirk tried? There, I I don't know, but there has to be a, a dozen brilliant offense young offensive minds that could freshen up our offense now there, the, there, yeah, there are there are and but the question is would they have been willing to come in here and answer to brian and not be the play caller i don't know for eight hundred thousand dollars well maybe if you're making two hundred thousand dollars yeah but apparently not unless maybe i i you so you're unless, thinking that, you think kirk maybe didn't offer those or just turn down those those 
I, I, I don't know. It's, of course, just speculation. We just don't know. It's all speculation. I mean, he. I imagine he had a very short list of people that he would be comfortable with contacting. To me, the guy in North Dakota come. State made perfect sense. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he. You. I mean, Carson Wentz, Ethan, um, what Easton Sticks, Easton he did Stick. great with those guys. And I looked him up. He was making like two eighty. I mean, they could have got. He could have. They could have paid him half of what Brian was making and almost doubled his salary at five hundred. But I don't know if Kirk tried that and things just fell apart during the negotiations, or if they didn't really try that. I don't know, and we'll probably never know. That's Kirk's. That's Kirk doesn't really have to share that information with us. But like Chuck said, the proof's in the pudding. Yes. So now it's just a matter. We have of, one of the worst offenses in America, and if it's again this year, one of the worst offenses in America. With a great defense and great solid nine and three, eight and four, then maybe ten and three, then something's wrong, and you have to change. But I don't. But I I don't. I don't think they will. Though. I don't either. I don't think he'll change. I think the answer a year from now, if they if we're in a similar situation, well, that was Brian's first year. You know, give, let's give him a little more time coaching the quarterbacks. Well, I mean. Brian's first year coaching the quarterback is going to be Kirk's 24th year as head coach. That, that's right. And also it'll be Brian's 11th year back on the staff. You know, there, there's a lot of. And this will be Brian's sixth year as offensive coordinator. Yeah, so there's well, no, I'm sorry, it's at his feet. I agree. I'm with you 100%. Should we take a break? Because I think Suter's going to punch the water thing and well, shatter I, it. The whole, okay, you get the best quarterback. If you don't have the quarterback. Well, they're not developing. Uh, yeah, and I don't know that they've got anybody in the, I don't either. In the line to develop right and now. And I don't know if our offensive line is good enough no. I mean, to maybe that's allow what he, them well, to Maybe that's what weaknesses. he's thinking is this is what we got and I can bring in somebody, but this is what we've got. You know? yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I don't know. I, I, Chuck touched on that. Well, the, their system – is for a pocket passer, and that's and that's what Petrus is. The problem is it's right. not working. No, if you can't run the ball and you can't improvise after a play breaks down. Remember, we had Chuck on here a couple of years ago when Spencer was moving into this, and we had seen him play a little bit. And Chuck said the big thing he's got to work on his touch pass. I don't know is Spencer any better at those. I don't know how much better Spencer. Uh, maybe marginal. Marginally better. I just not, haven't seen. I didn't not. think Nate Stanley was much better in nineteen as he was in seventeen. He was. He was okay. He was never bad, but he never got much better. He just kind of stayed the same, and that's what I've seen Petrus do. So we'll see. I mean, and if Labus is the guy, then that will eventually prove itself. If he starts the season opener. This fall and plays well and they win and goes on and leads them to nine or ten wins. And, uh, but I'm just not ready to go there yet. There's I, just no no way unless Labus is so much better. Well, that's what the narrative is. But I do think some of that narrative is just trying to get is clickbait. Clickbait. I just think it's people trying to excite the fans, and I get it. It's part of your job. And right? Kirk loves and values experience. Yes. And I think it'll be Petrus starting. I do too. And I, you know, and I like Spencer. I hope Spencer comes out and has a great I senior do too. year. I would, that I would want nothing more than that. And I, I hope it happens. Am I confident? No, of course not. No, because I'm not sure about their offensive. They lose Linderbaum, Cody Ince. When healthy, was one of their best linemen. Now he's gone. And our line was was, was brutal last year. brutal. Yep. Take a break. Take All a right. break. We'll be right back. From the Hurting and Stalker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City. Hurting and Stalker Jewelers, making memories, making moments. 1 
1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist, is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. 1-800-800-ROSE. It's so easy, just remember one number, 1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist. 1-800-800-ROSE. Remember, this is Patrick Eads, owner of Deary Brothers Ford Lincoln, serving Iowa City in the Corridor proud recipient of Ford's President Award for the highest customer satisfaction in both sales and service. Voted Iowa City's Best of the Area for New Car Dealer 2017 through 2019. Voted Iowa City's Best of the Area for Used Car Dealer 2020. Locally owned and operated, we understand the importance of community-minded business. We proudly support youth sports. Deary Brothers Ford Lincoln at the corner of Mormon Trek Boulevard and Highway 1 or online at DearyFord.com. Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's locking keys for cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. For a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime, find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertine and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. Ask for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate. One of us is always there. Get ready for a pizza experience like no other. Valpo Brothers Pizzeria features high-quality ingredients combined with traditional pizza technique. From their New York-style thin crust, Chicago-style deep dish, to stuffed pizza when you want it. Valpo's pizzas are handmade and cooked in stone deck ovens. Check out the carryout special. Either a two-topping extra-large thin crust or single-topping large deep dish pizza pie for only $11.99. Valpo, South Gilbert and Iowa City, Crosspark Road in Coralville. Check Facebook for specials. And get 15% off your first delivery or carryout order by signing up online at ValvoBrothersPizza.com. Valvo Brothers Pizza. Buy the pie or buy the slice. GT Car, owner of Supel Siding and Remodeling, offers service and quality that is unmatched in the area. At Supel Siding and Remodeling, their trained professionals will install and guarantee the products used in any size job done. Regardless of the project, Supel Siding and Remodeling will stand behind their quality products and installation with exceptional customer service. Whether it's a window replacement, a kitchen remodel, or a house addition, our employees are committed to quality. Visit sales at souples.net or call 337-2246. Car won't steer? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair work in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs. Brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventive maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't steer, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty. Don't let just anyone take care of your smile. At Diamond Dental, you can expect compassion, expertise, and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life. With more than 30 years of combined experience, Dr. Forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems, leaving your smile healthy and sparkling. Diamond Dental offers a full range of general and cosmetic dentistry, as well as dental treatment options for snoring and sleep apnea. 
It's never too early to start thinking about what's best for your smile. Schedule an appointment today by calling 319-390-3703 or visiting the office at 5815 Consul Street Northeast, Suite D1 in Cedar Rapids. You can also visit DiamondDentalPC.com for more information. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental team provide superior care for your entire family. Hawkeye fans, you love watching the black and gold. You know Hawkeye black and gold. As a Hawkeye fan, there are no better colors than the Hawkeye black and gold. Hi, I'm Steve Anderson. When you're buying, selling, or refinancing your property, consider the green and white team, Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Give us a call at 351-8600. Hawkeye Title and Settlement. The team you love, the people you trust. Players Sports Bar and Grill in downtown Iowa City is now open for lunch at 11 a.m., seven days a week. Stop in for big specialty burgers, Tex-Mex tacos, soups, salads, and more. Players Sports Bar and Grill also features gourmet hot dogs, including the famous Iowa dog, covered in bacon, corn relish, and ranch. Located at 219 Iowa Avenue, Players Sports Bar and Grill has indoor and outdoor seating, plus carryout and delivery through CHOMP. Daily deals and the full menu are available online at playersic.com or place an order at 319-800-2199. That's 319-800-2199. Players Sports Bar and Grill, great food, craft cocktails, and the ultimate place to watch your favorite sporting event. Hi, this is Bill Eichsnering of the Oxyoke Inn. Especially now, all of us need a little comfort. The Oxyoke Inn has been offering comfort for over 80 years. From our signature recipes, quality of food, family-style service, and historical ambiance, a return to the Oxyoke Inn is like a warm hug. Now, serving lunch, dinner, and banquets. Don't forget, you can still order curbside carryout, including our famous pies, and take the comforting taste of the Oxyoke home with you to share at your family's table. Visit oxyokein.com for hours, menus, reservations, weekly specials, and gift cards. From our family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon. And we'll be glad you're here at the Oxyoke Inn in the heart of Amana. The Oxyoke Inn. KCJJ Weather, brought to you by Plum Supply. Plum Supply, kitchens and baths, your home never looks so beautiful. With a look at your forecast, I'm meteorologist Ashley O'Connor. Cloudy and breezy today with scattered rain showers this afternoon. High temps are headed for the upper 40s. Rain continues this evening. Some snow could possibly mix in overnight as the low temps fall to the low 30s. Mainly cloudy tomorrow with a few sprinkles and a high of 42. We'll have sunshine Friday, breezy and warmer with highs in the low 50s. Sunny on Saturday with a high of 48. That's weather on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Currently, it's 43 degrees. Hawkfanatic.com. 43 degrees, huh? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. See, I thought it was uh, warmer than that when I walked no. Wapsie this morning. It was, actually. So it's getting colder? Yep, it's going to yeah, snow. It's getting colder. I'm but... putting change on my tires when I get out yeah. of here. Yeah. And then I'm just going to pray. I'm hooking up the dog team. Yep, because it's going to be a lot of snow. 
not going to be much. I want, I want, I, I'm predicting you, Molly, and Lang all in here at like 9.30 tonight. <laughs> yeah, well. Bitter, yeah. angry. It ain't going to be me. As the snow starts piling I've, up on the window. No, I've quit that. I mean, it, that's. That's just Lang and that's Molly? Lang and Molly. I, yeah, I'm. You're not doing that anymore? I'm Mm-mm. not doing that anymore. All right, all right. But no, again, thanks to Chuck Long. I thought, that was a, thought that was a great interview, and I think Chuck speaks for a lot of fans right now. And No, he, he knows his stuff. Um, he doesn't uh, seem and real he's com- honest. He doesn't seem real confident in the move. and But the proof will be in the pudding. If it works, it works. If it's not, it'll just be interesting to see how long Kirk will go with this if it's not working. Because all it's going to – I mean – a ten-win season, if they let's say they go eight and five this year, mm-hmm. which could happen. Oh, sure. Eight wins is still not easy to. Do. I mean, but if they go eight and five and the offense sucks, it's gonna. What's the fan base gonna be like? Do something about your offense or, or retire. Yeah, I think that's kind of where some fans are. So we'll see. We yeah. do have Kirk today at three o'clock, and. Um, and I have supported Kirk from oh, day I know you number one. And you no, know, and I get it. I mean, but you can also be frustrated at times. I mean, nobody's above being critiqued or criticized. And right now, the offense is holding the football well, I, program back. I take exception with that. You don't? Are you above being critiqued? <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. So then the next thing, and we haven't talked about that at all. So then you had, as Chuck said, you had an op- a big opportunity. So we add a great Hawkeye to the staff, but what side of the ball did he play on? Defense. Okay, so you're making your defense better again or keeping your defense at the quality that it is, but you're not doing anything to help your offense. Yeah, and I think – don't get me wrong. I think Abdul Hodge is a great addition to too. the program in a lot of ways, but I do share your concerns. But I think it looks like Kirk is trying to maybe surround himself in his latter years with people he's comfortable with. Uh, and definitely. there's nothing wrong with that. There's no. reason to be comfortable with Abdul no. Hodge. But – but I also think you can learn to coach tight ends a lot quicker than you can learn to coach quarterbacks. Uh, but and I mean, quarterback. I would imagine that quarterback to me is the hardest position to coach, to teach, to play. And we'll see. I'm sure Brian is doing a lot of research. He is probably doing what I find it interesting. To me, Chuck Long would be a no-brainer guy for Brian to reach mm-hmm. out to, wouldn't he? You would think greatest quarterback of all time, arguably who coached quarterbacks, head coach, coordinator, did all that stuff. I'm a little surprised that Brian has not reached out to him yet. I'm sure Chuck – but like Chuck said, you're not going to solve Iowa's – help Brian in a 15-minute phone call. You know, that, that's – Well, no. There's a lot of stuff that's going to have to happen. So we'll see. I mean, at spring football, everything's going to be fine in spring. You watch. There's going to be – I mean, some of the narratives coming out of Kirk's press conference today, my guess is it, I'm going to be yelling, bring on Alabama when we walk out of there. <laughs> that's just how it is. That, and I get it. Someone – there's, I mean, so it'll be interesting. I, I look at Iowa's schedule next year and see anywhere from seven to ten wins. I say that most years. I, but that's a big difference, though. If they go ten and three next year and the offense sucks, Kirk will still have some leverage. I mean, you will be yes. – ba- if they go yeah. eight and five in the offense, then things, different, things are different. So we'll see. I don't think they're going to lose About any seven of their – Seven and six. I don't think they're going to lose any of their non-conference games, even with a sputtering offense. Oh, I Seven and six would not go over well at all. No. I think Kirk's to the point now where he wins any fewer than nine games. When you're in year 24, people will get frustrated. I agree. Hello. Fair or not. Hi. Yeah. Enjoyed that Chuck Long interview. Thank you. Thanks. I mean, Chuck Long and Dr. Tom, are they the two classiest guys we've ever had in the athletic department? I mean, as far as a student athlete and then a coach, of course, different. But I think they're both great. Mm-hmm. I wonder, was Chuck auditioning for the job? What's he do these days? Chuck is the president of the Iowa Sports Foundation. 
here in okay. Iowa. They handle like the um, Junior Olympics and stuff like that. It's a pretty. I mean, he's the CEO of it, so he's pretty busy doing that stuff. I'm not. I, doesn't he still work for uh, and Clearfield? He, yeah, and he also has done. He's, well, he used to work for the Big Ten Network. I'm not sure if he's still doing that now, but no, he's he's the head of the Sports Foundation. Okay, well. Uh, I know it's dangerous, not fair to compare Iowa to Oklahoma football with their tradition and talent within their campus. But, you know, when they sputtered badly, Stoops said, we got to do something. Yes. So he looks around and goes, where's the best offense in America? Oh, it's at East Carolina. they got a guy named, and the rest is history, hired yeah. him. No, you're right. Offense. You're right. And then, yeah. He'd... So, I mean, this idea, I'm going to get the best guy. Uh, seven years ago, oh, he's just down the hallway from me. It's ridiculous. It really is. And fans, but no, also no, didn't have a our son. defense is good. Our defense is really good. Our defense would be even better if they weren't on the field all day. Yeah, it's true. The though. difference, though, is Stoops didn't have his son coaching under him. That's the dynamic at Iowa. Now, he did have his brother coaching under him for a while, but not anymore. That's what makes the Iowa dynamic so Unique. Unique and awkward or whatever word you want to use for it. But you're right, though. Stoops did address the problem. They went out and changed. Yeah. I mean, like I say, they, they, they're a different situation. They're, they got the great reputation go back to the 40s and Bud Wilkinson and all that. But, uh, gosh, I don't know. This offense is just boring. Well, even Oklahoma was mediocre under John Blake. He got fired. I mean, you get the wrong coach anywhere. Right. I mean, Alabama under Shula was average. You get the wrong coach even yeah, at Alabama. Went through a, a dry spell at Alabama and yeah. Oklahoma. It can happen sure. anywhere. Or USC. Yep, it can yep. happen anywhere. Yeah. Yep. Notre Dame. Yeah, I just, I, I just don't like a lineman being an offensive coordinator. I want a quarter, former quarterback being an offensive coordinator. Well, that's the way I see it. And as Chuck Long says, he says, I don't know of any situation where the offensive line guy with the offensive line background is the quarterback coach. Now it would have been different if the yeah, moment Brian, if the moment Brian got out of football and got into coaching, he got just infatuated with offense and became a. That happens, but he didn't. Yeah. He didn't. He coached tight ends yeah. for a while. He didn't. If Brian had been obsessed on coaching quarterbacks from the moment he, that would be different. I mean, I I know Andy Reid is considered an offensive guru. What position did Andy Reid play in football? Was he a lineman? I would have looking at him. I imagine he was. <laughs> I mean, but. it can happen that way. But the difference is Brian never. I mean, in seventeen which was five years ago, Brian admitted that he had never coached quarterbacks, knew nothing about the position. He said that on, at his introductory press conference when he got promoted. So we'll see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear the whole interview but with Chuck Long. It was really good, though. And, uh, good. I appreciate you getting guests like that on. Uh, it's just and I was really – he made a strong statement on nepotism, and I, I applaud him for it. Yeah, at, the, at a public school. And look, just so we're straight, Iowa's not the only one. Nepotism oh, no. is everywhere. I mean, at no, uh, no, universities. Including everywhere. this radio station. <laughs> well, I'm just talking about college sports. It's everywhere. I mean, it's not just at Iowa. I don't, And I, Chuck was not saying that either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's here. It's no, blatant here. <laughs> but like you said, the laws are there for a reason. Yep. But laws don't mean anything if nobody enforces anything. Nope. We know that. It is You're right. Well, but so. thanks for the All great right, thank interview. you. Thanks for the call. Bye. At least and, you guys admit to your nepotism. Andy yeah. Reid, well, how, you guys how take, can you? You take pride <laughs> in your nepotism. <laughs> it's Tom Suter. It's Molly Suter. Yep. It's Steve Zobroff, Jan Zobroff. And Tommy Lang and his dad. Yeah. And Bill Suter. Yeah. And, and Bill Suter. And uh, Tom Heath and Liam Heath. Yep. And Mo. Mo yeah. Heath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> Mo, have, if you, uh, I've, I've been told that he say, if you got any problems with nepotism, take it up with Mo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take it up with Mo. Mo, Mo is a he's dog. It's third, and yeah. Mo is short for monster head, right? Isn't that what you told me? <laughs> he uh, he does, does have a big head. He's got the biggest head I've ever seen. It is, Scott. Well. I wonder if he's arrogant, too. Is, does he have a big head literally <laughs> and no, figuratively? He's a sweet dog. He's a very sweet dog. There was a Tommy showed me a picture of Mo sitting on your rug out here when Liam yeah. must have been and he looked bored and wanted to go home yeah. so he's normal he's just yeah. like the rest of us yeah <laughs> he wanted out of here he looked like he had the look on his face like this isn't the trip i was promised <laughs> yeah. but, okay we're back to what we were talking back about to whatever um so are you hearing anything about any rumors or anything about from uh Basque, the men's basketball team about any no, just that, roster movement? No, just that Chris and Patrick are both going to probably test the NBA draft. And why wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know why you wouldn't. And um, I did see, I think Rob may have called it up, a projection from an NBA, very legitimate NBA draft. They, they're already doing mock drafts for 23, and they have Chris Murray 25th. Now, I assume that's them thinking he's going to come back and have a good year at Iowa. Cause, but that just shows you how these things work. Right. And why wouldn't Chris Murray go out and test the draft? You, you do. You want to, He's three years out of high school. Patrick's three years out of high school. If I was both of those guys, I'd go out there, and I, don't, I still think they'll both be back. But, no, I have not heard any rumblings. I, I mean, have you been on the message boards? Or, no, not very much, but – There's no, rumors I, I, about Aaron Eulis, but I think the rumors of Aaron Eulis are fueled by the fact that he was the odd guard. Wasn't playing much. Wasn't yeah. playing much down the stretch. That's easy to get that rumor. And then going. you got two more guards coming in this year. Mm-hmm. So – yeah, so, I mean, I, I do think there's going to be roster movement. I don't think everybody will be back next year. I thought about writing a starting my projection for the starting lineup. If, if nothing – well, even if things change, if, but if, I think if Toussaint – I think it would be Toussaint, Chris Murray, Patrick McCaffrey, um, Tony Perkins, and Mabracha. Yeah, I agree. That would be – now my concern with that starting lineup is three-point shooting. Yep, and then you'd be bringing in Peyton Sanford as your as a good three point shooter. Streaky though. Yeah, he's been streaky. He's really hot at times and he's really cold at times. But I think next year he'll have more opportunities. Kind of like Bohannon. Yeah, kind of like Bohannon, but he's a better defender and he can rebound. But he's not as good a ball handler as Bohannon either. I no. mean, sometimes I think I didn't appreciate Jordan's ability to not commit turnovers as much as maybe I should. I mean, Jordan did not turn the ball over. Now, granted, he didn't beat anybody on the dribble very often, no. and he got beat on the dribble all the time, but he did not turn the ball over very often. And that says something. That's why this team was able to score in the 80s and not have a lot of turnovers. Yep. So, I mean, when he's great, he's great, and otherwise he's cold. Well, and it's usually when he's great, it's teams playing weak zone defense, and they let him shoot. And when he's not great, it's teams with an athletic guard who just Get playing down and says, you're done. You're not going to do anything. You're not going to do And you can that. almost see his body language in the course of a game knowing that – once or when it's like Maryland letting him just shoot, he's he's all active and perky and rambunctious and spunky and and then when it's some athletic guard shutting him down, he gets kind of I don't know what's the word not pouty sullen not sullen but just gets deflated. Some do you notice that? Yeah. It seems like when there's a really athletic guard on him, it just gets frustrating because he knows he's not gonna have a lot of wide open shots. Wide open shots. Yeah, yes. that's what he likes. So, but yeah, here we are, um, Sweet Sixteen. I. I would have been over there right now covering a press conference today, right? If, if, and I was convinced I was going to be there. And instead, yeah. Iowa State's in the Sweet 16. Well, I thought every, everybody was convinced. And now Iowa State fans are just teasing I about Fran never getting to the Sweet You know, I mean, and Twitter can be so heartless, man. I mean, there's a lot of arguments going on. And I know we were talking earlier about our friend Todd up north. I don't get Iowa State's 
end game on this. I don't know why you wouldn't want a radio station in enemy territory that's willing to go and send their guy and pay. Well, first of all, Iowa State, I know they pay Muscatine to carry it, uh, and they offered to pay us uh, a good amount to carry it. I don't know whether Cedar Rapids is getting paid to carry it or not, um, but... Yeah. If do you realize if you covered I if we covered anything to do with, with Iowa State, I mean, our listeners would be wouldn't they be irate? Yeah. Yes. I give those guys credit for doing it. They have John Walters on every. I just don't understand well, why uh, Iowa State is fighting. There's an it. Iowa State contingency in Cedar Rapids. Oh, I get that. Why is why are they fighting it though? Why do they not want Todd there? I don't get it. Are you sure it's Iowa State fighting it, or is it the NCAA? It's Iowa policies? State. They're citing a rule that the NCAA is not enforcing this year. Todd caught him on that rule. I didn't go to the Buffalo. Iowa was going to let me go to Chicago this year because of COVID and budgets and whatever. Normally, if you don't cover the first round, you don't you can't pick and choose rounds. They the NCAA sent out an email two weeks ago before the tournament started. They're making changes this year due to COVID budget concerns. You can you can resume coverage if you miss the first rounds. Iowa State's using that example from the way I interpreted Todd's discussion on Twitter, and it's not true. It's just they they I don't know why Todd's dealing with it. The the general manager Julie Hine should be dealing with it. That's her position. They, she makes the decisions. Maybe uh, she is behind the scenes and Todd's just doing it. On, yeah, that could I, be. That could I, be too. I hope so because that's, you know. It, I just don't it, get Iowa State's argument. I don't see how they win from this. To me, you're, you're, the more exposure, the better, especially in eastern Iowa. You know, for those Cedar Rapids Iowa State fans they do have there, I just to me it makes no sense why Iowa State wouldn't just I just I just looked at the people that are coming back and not I was people that are coming back on them and if that's some of their fans they're just oh but sure. Twitter's not I mean you can't use Twitter I get I what you, Twitter can't is not a true representation I mean no. there's a lot of good people on Twitter <laughs> but there's also just I mean trust me I know you know and so I wouldn't use that but yeah there's there's some just using it I mean now look at if you're Iowa State right now you haven't been able to beat Iowa much this I mean you, you're lucky you had this basketball success because they haven't beat them well they don't have a baseball team they haven't beat them in football what seven years six yeah, years yeah I mean Iowa dominates wrestling I mean so this bat you know and last year Iowa beat them in both basketball so this year has been the outlier and what Iowa State fans usually do is they pounce on that and and they just revel in it at Iowa's expense. He so the best thing is to ignore. Should have been allowed to do it. Yes, That's I agree. Agreed. I I think yeah. it's I I respect the channel for being willing to send him there. Todd being willing to spend his own money to go cover, and Iowa that's St- ridiculous too. I you know he shouldn't spend his own money. He represents KGYM. Uh, they should be there. And maybe they are. KGYM but I thought Todd tweeted that he was going to stay like at fan. Todd's got relatives in Illinois, so he could stay for free. Uh, okay. But yeah, I would hope that they're paying. Yeah, that if he would go, they'd pay him. I would hope so too. Yeah. But yeah, I just don't understand Iowa State's logic behind it. But we tried to get Jamie Pollard on. Now that was before he got diagnosed with cancer. I don't know. Maybe the, we never heard back from him. And um, I'd love to have Jamie Pollard on this radio. I think it'd be good. And I hope everything's going okay with his. I think he has. Didn't he tweet that he has testicular cancer? Yes. I think hopefully everything's going good with and his think recovery. Jeff Horner's doing. Jeff Horn, yes, too, right? Jeff Horn, yeah, if you catch it early enough, it's very manageable from what I've read. But he is dealing with that. So, but I would the, that's an open invitation to Jamie Pollard anytime. I think you guys would have fun with him. I'd I, like to ask him what it was like to be in uh, Bonnie and Clyde, that movie. So Michael Pollard. 
Michael J. Pollard. Wow, yeah. that's a real stretch. Well, excuse me. I mean, what? And if supposed to be if you relief here. said that to him, it would be stunned silence. silence. Yes, I I wouldn't say I don't participate in your stunned interviews. Silence. I don't participate. Have you noticed that? Yeah. I, I don't participate in your interviews. Yeah, you didn't. Ask, you didn't ask Chuck anything today, did you? No. What am I? Were you listening when he talked about throwing up on Hayden's pants? <laughs> I loved that. That's one of my all-time because Hayden got really yeah. pissed. <laughs> he benched him. He benched him the next game. And granted, that didn't last very long. Hayden went with his instincts, and I hope that Kirk is going with his instincts, and he truly, deep down, believes this is the best for Iowa football. But do you believe that? I, I don't know. All I know is our offense, I used the word abysmal earlier, and I will stand by that. That's, and and so uh, I, until I see not abysmal, that's I've got all the numbers behind me, mm-hmm. except for win-loss, and that's not because of the offense. No, no, you're right. And like I said, my concern is that the defense and special teams, always they're not always going to be rock solid every year. And I just think I was treading on this – this thin rope where they could easily slip to seven and six. Yeah, yeah. Without any warning, and that's when things are going to get interesting. I mean, you add, add Ohio State, you know, virtually a sure loss. More than likely. Virtually. More, yeah, more than likely, yes. Um, they do. I do think they get the three non-conference wins. I do not see Iowa State coming in here with a new quarterback and so many new players. I don't see them coming in here and winning. I see Iowa winning that game like 20 to 10. That, uh, 19 to 12, something, some grinder, you know, and like I said, you I don't hope... see a 63 to 10 no. Hawkeye smash. No. And it'll be interesting to see how they do without Tyler Goodson too. Tyler had some issues, but Tyler was Tyler explosive. Was a good back. He could turn small plays into big plays. I don't know if they have that now in the running backs and what they have now are more of the pounders and whatever, which is what you ideally want. But if you have no blocking, even the pounders can't go anywhere. No, that's right. Yeah. I mean, what, I, I'm fine with pounders if they can do it consistently. Mm-hmm. You know, and that wears get, on you. If you get five yards a crack, you're going to do awfully damn well. But usually Iowa averages three yards a carry as a team. And that's just, that's right. So we'll see. This Which is, is a problem. Be, this is going to be a big spring. This is going to be a big spring for Kirk. But I'm not sure. I don't know how much pressure. I don't think Kirk feels a lot of pressure. I mean, he's got more job security than hell Putin. And he's also coming off a 10-win season. I think that's how Kirk looks at it. I think Kirk says, hey, I'm doing my job. We're winning 10 games. I'll fix the offense, but just be patient. I kind of think that's Kirk's argument. And, you know. And I'm, it's, it's I a valid argument. I but, can't argue with the 10 wins. Yeah, no. But No, fans are restless. What's that? Fans are restless. They are. They are. And like I said, anytime you get into year 24, things yeah. are different. Yeah. This is a very unique situation at Iowa. Nobody else in the country has anything like it. No. And it's going to cause fans to, to to react differently. So, But they just got to win. I mean, they got to win, and I hope the offense is better. I don't read too much into what happens in the spring. I know some of my colleagues do, but to me, spring, it can be fool's gold, or it can also be something that maybe makes somebody seem not as good as maybe they may ought to be. I just don't that we're going to get to see them like two times during spring, and then we're supposed to write about how – how they look during spring. It's not easy to do. No, it's not. And every, everything is good news, bad news, because if the offense looked great, then why is the defense giving up so much? So, yeah. So, yeah. You it, can't win. I just try to kind of take everything in stride in the spring. So, 
I'm trying to think. I think that's a wise approach. Trying to think. Yes, Al Keegan and um, Caitlin are both four finalists for the Naismith. Illinois yep. fans are bitching because Kofi's not in there. And I mean, you know, if Kofi would have been one of the four finalists, I wouldn't have had a problem with that. Nope. I mean, um, and Illinois and Iowa fans are going back and forth, and, and it is what it is. I have a feeling it's going to be Oscar. Was it Chibwe from? Kentucky, I think that's who I predict will win it. I, I can, I'm with you. I don't think Johnny Davis deserves it. He struggled down the stretch. No, and I don't think he's. No, I don't think he's going. No, I think Oscar Sheebway has been the most. He led the country in rebounding. He's really good. Now they did make an early exit, but you can't. This award isn't shouldn't be based on what you did in the NCAA tournament. It's what you did during the regular season, and so that would be my well, guess. As to who, who's is the fourth? Um, the guy from Kansas. Okay. OG Abaje, I think. So three of the four were eliminated early. Yes. So So that argument kind of, yeah, loses some of its luster. And so we'll see. I think it would be great if Keegan wins it, but I don't see it happening. No. No, I think it's going to be the guy from Kentucky. So, And let's see. um, Iowa baseball got a win over St. Thomas. And they're supposed to play Grandview today at four. That's what it says. And And that will be on BTN Plus if they play. Is the weather going to hold up? Uh, There's a chance for he, rain. Well, it says rain likely. So yeah, we'll see. But they haven't called it off yet. No, and the field drains fast. But obviously, if it's raining, if, if, with any degree, you can't play. It's baseball. supposed to start raining at two, according to Weather Channel. And when we get off the air, are you going to crank Steely Dan? I like Steely Dan. I know. I heard you defended it earlier. Yeah. Mace does not like Steely Dan. No. How do you not like Steely Dan? I don't know. He's. It's Mace. I can understand not liking the Grateful Dead or the Doors. Yeah, yeah or, me too. But how do you not like Steely Dan? Does he like Corn? Yes. Dokken? Yeah. Yep. Slayer? Pantera. Uh, I'm guessing. Pantera? Great White? Yeah. Pantera makes great bread. And their soup <laughs> is good. Their soups are good. A little expensive. Seven thirty-eight for a bowl. Yeah. I think that's kind of expensive for soup, don't you? $7.38 for a bowl of soup. Is it a cup or a bowl? Bowl. Well, at least... Yeah, two more spoonfuls for another dollar and a half. Don't you think seven thirty eight for a it's bowl of a soup? It's a little expensive. It seems like it, but, but every, everything's getting oh, it's more expensive. You right are now. right about that, man. It's just it's getting overwhelming to go. It's depressing to go to the store sometimes to see how expensive stuff is. But no, I disagree strongly with Mace on the Steely Dan. He was taking shots at Steely Dan. Yeah, and Captain, you were defending it. Well, we play it. Yeah, There's you do. You don't play a ton of it. I mean, you play enough of it. I mean, but Steely Dan's music withstands the test of time. I was getting crap, you know. I play, I was getting crap in the chat. I'm so sick of the chat room sometimes. <laughs> Honest to God. What were they giving you crap for? Um, uh, Uncle Ed, uh, is he going to play Show Crow and Every Day's a Winding Road again? I don't play that all Every the time. Every Day's a Winding Yeah, I don't play it all the time. I haven't heard you play it for a while. Are you and Uncle Ed kind of button heads these days? Well, what's up with that? He's an a-hole in the chat room. I mean, he's a nice guy when you meet him in person, oh, and yeah. then and then he's a jerk in the. In the There's some people room. that are like that. You get them on Twitter or something. They're completely different. <laughs> I mean, I just I'm sick of the snark. Uh, Punky in the chat room. You use the word narrative, uh, and uh, you know, oh, I use narrative again. Well, and I said in the chat room, well, if it bothers you, don't listen. Well, what you know? I, I, I don't know. What's controversial about the word narrative? I don't know. I can't remember. I have no I idea. <laughs> but if you don't like it, don't listen. I'm sorry. I'm tired of the snark. 
But that's just, the world we live in. Well, I'm sick of it. No, I get sick of it too. I mean, yeah. I no, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. It's just, it just so easy to be sick. snarky now. Yeah. It's so easy to be heard. I mean, I'm mean, it used to be I the like old... Uncle Ed and everything, but like I said in the last, uh, in the 8 o'clock hour, uh, right now, more people that are, are listening to me than will ever hear you perform. <laughs> so. Wow. I, I mean, that, I, I, it's true. Yeah, so I'm tired. I am. I'm tired of the. Uh, Snark. I, yeah, and I will not be critiqued. I am above reproach. Well, and if How do you like that attitude? <laughs> well, I've I'm always said you're an awful you. lot. You've got a little Trump in you. <laughs> yeah. Don't you think he does? Uh, you're used to being in charge. You're used to the people around you doing what you say. And oh, yeah. The people around me do what I say all the time. And you're used to calling Are you out of your mind? You're KCJJ's Trump. <laughs> do you agree, Shooter? And no. You're, pe- you're Pence. No. no. And he's already got the gallows in the back ready to hang you. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, there is nothing Trump-like here. Nothing. No, but I, but I, did, I do. I am just tired of the star. No, who, who can blame you? No, it yeah. does. It, it does wear. I mean, but that's just the world we live in now, and it's not going to go okay, away. Okay, my cousin is the other day. I put, you know, we have uh, permission to take stuff off NBC. And my cousin's in the Ukraine, and so I've been carrying his reports in the morning. And, uh, you know, I get, you're only carrying his reports because you're related to him. Well, I'm carrying his reports, yeah, because I'm related to him, and, and he's there's in the a Ukraine. War. Yeah, I don't carry all his. He's in the Ukraine. <laughs> you no. know, and I respect his work uh, a lot. He's, I mean, he's a really great journalist, and I'm carrying his reports. It's it is your right. Yeah. You are at the controls. Yeah. Well, what, what's that guy, you know? That's, I, don't, I don't know if I'd even call that nepotism. Maybe a little, but you guys admit to your nepotism. That's fine. Well, do you have any relatives that want to work here? No. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think, no. I, right. No, I definitely don't. Well, if you do, we'll consider them. <laughs> <laughs> they got a leg up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're first in line. <laughs> no, I really don't. I don't have any relatives that live even live here. I have no family. Well, they'd have to relocate. Yeah, they would definitely have to relocate. But let's see. We got. I think we've covered everything. Um, again, thanks again for Chuck Long. I thought that was great insight. Get, trying to get back into the football mode here is a little hard with the Sweet 16 coming up. It's just hard to get fired up about football, isn't it? It is, but uh, with I, bo- both Iowa teams being out, um, my interest in basketball has waned. Oh, mine has as too. Well. I'll still watch the games on Saturday and, and whatever, but no, it's not the same. No, and we're going to be in, in a wedding situation, so we won't be watching any basketball regardless. Oh, that's right. You won't be here Friday, uh-uh. right? Uh-uh. So, but... Um, so, yeah, I, I'm sure I'll watch the games this weekend. But, yeah, it's just with Iowa out, I was convinced I was going to be in Chicago today writing in advance in a column and everything and looking forward to tomorrow's game, and it just didn't happen. It didn't, but then if that had happened, we wouldn't have had Chuck Long on today. And I would have been spending a lot more money than I already yeah, have spent. a lot on. more. Yeah. yeah, so I guess there's always a silver lining. You'd be spending probably a lot more than the <laughs> 736 for a bowl of it's soup always in Chicago. a silver lining for failure. Yes, there is. And if they had they gone to the Final Four, that would have been yeah. really expensive. God, that would have been great. All right. So we done, boys? I think we are done. Okay. Thanks again, Chuck Long. Hawkfanatic.com. Check it out. It's free.